everybody, and welcome to the Paychecks Business Series podcast. My name is Gene Martz, your host. As you know, I write for a lot of different places like The Hill and The Guardian and The Washington Times, The Philadelphia Inquirer, and Forbes. Today, I'm speaking to Congressman Scott Fitzgerald, a Republican from Wisconsin. Congressman Fitzgerald sits on the House's Small Business Committee and certainly has a lot of thoughts on small business. We're going to talk about a bill he's sponsoring called the Microloan Transparency and Accountability Act. And we're also going to uh, address some of the other issues that are facing small businesses. I do like to talk to him a little bit about uh, you know, his experience on the Small Business Committee, potentially upcoming bills that are going to be ex- affecting your business, um, as well as some of his thoughts on the infrastructure bill and family and medical leave. Uh, and what he expects to happen in the future. So, Congressman Fitzgerald, thank you very much for joining me. You bet. Good to be with you today. I'm glad to have you on. And listen, let's let's jump right into it. You are a co-sponsor of the Microloan Transparency and Accountability Act. So, you know, the floor is yours. Tell me, tell me what this act is. Tell me why you you're you're behind it. Um, what you think it'll do, and also most importantly, I'd love to hear from you um, what you think the chances of this act actually becoming law is. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm very uh, fortunate to have had uh, my own experience in small business. Uh, I ran a uh, small company that did uh, offset printing, and we also owned a number of periodicals. And uh, it was one of the best times in my life. We had about six employees at the time. and But I do remember, I mean, there were, there were a number of things uh, going back, and this is late 90s. Um, a number of things that always uh, kind of was difficult, I think, for small business to work through. And one of those things was trying to trying to get a line of credit. Right. You know, because oftentimes you're kind of operating on a shoestring and and, uh, you know, you, you kind of walk into the bank and hat in hand and and try to make the case that, you know, they want you want them to bet on you having success in the future. And that's not always easy. So. Um, when I when I got here to, to Congress, uh, one of the members, Tim Burchette, uh from Tennessee, was one of the guys that I had talked to and and just uh, got to know a little bit during the freshman orientation, and and then since then have developed kind of a a friendship. And uh, Tim was more than willing to kind of include us in on on the bill he was working with uh, Representative Andy Kim as well. I know. And uh, it was the SBA microloan program. And being on the small business committee, it uh, I think it was one of the reasons he included me because he, he would have somebody there to kind of work and watch uh, the bill as it progressed. But it basically is, um, you know, what a lot of small businesses need. It's a way of, of getting the SBA uh, to kind of cut loose some some cash so that these smaller businesses will have that credit line that otherwise they may not get. So it, it also, and what it does is it puts in, in place some checks and balances. Uh, it creates uh, on an annual basis, a um, it, it's just a risk analysis, I guess is the best way of describing it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and kind of overarching look at what the full portfolio might look like. You know, I, I, these, you know, things, these initiatives happen, um, and they get handed over to the SBA. And I've got, I've got to tell you, Congressman, there's, I'm a CPA, so we have about 600 clients in my practice. And, you know, if I were to take a stroll poll of how many people even know about SBA microloans, it, it's few and far between, you know, like there's like a communications problem there 
Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, what more can the SBA do you think be doing to solve that? No, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I, I think it would it would uh, be something that if you approach the average kind of mom and pop operation, they'll have no idea kind of what you're referring to, and and uh, you know, it's only kind of at that next level of operation where you may have somebody like an accountant or somebody that's that's uh, helping you kind of develop a, a financial strategy, uh, which is required obviously by a lot of financial institutions where an SBA uh, loan, microloan uh, could come into play. And and, uh, and then the whole thing has been further underscored by obviously COVID and everything that we're going through right now. And uh, you know, when I, when I first got elected and then when I, I got a call from uh, Congressman Lukenmeyer and he said, I'd really like to have you on, on small business because of your background. Yep. Um, you know, one, one of the things he talked about was typically this is kind of a, you know, a smaller committee. It's very bipartisan. There's not a lot of wrangling. But the one thing that we're good at is uh, we have been very valuable in overseeing some of the programs related to small business during the pandemic. Yeah, it's funny about the committee itself. Um, you're, it's one of the few bipartisan places in all of Congress um, you know, people there get along because I mean, it's it's um, supporting small business is kind of a it's it's definitely a bipartisan thing. Um, with, with this microloan transparency, you know, and accounting act, is you know, did the committee? You know, what was the reception of it in the committee? And you know, you know, tell us the status of it right now in the House and where you think it's going to go in the Senate. It appears to be moving. I was on the floor when uh, the debate happened, and everything sounded like it was in order and that there was a lot of momentum created. So uh, I've only been here four months in Congress, but you know, no one's told me any different that, that this bill isn't uh, on its way to ultimately making it through to, uh, to be signed into law. So I'm, I'm operating under that assumption at this point. Fair enough. Um, let's switch to some other small business issues as well. I mean, for, as, a, as a prior small business owner in the printing business, and I'm sure you're I'm sure you're happy you've gotten out of that business, <laughs> considering how much of that has gone online. Um, the people that are remaining yeah. in that industry are the they're, they're the uh, they're, you know uh, they're the survivors. You know, um, I, I'm right. I'm curious what you think right now about the problem of of labor disruption, uh, Congressman. You know, I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is, is um, you know, I, I realize your life is politics, but but putting all politics aside. You know, we have unemployment compensation is going to go through September. Um, you know, do you do you see or do you hear of any potential changes to that stimulus? I mean, it's it's it is definitely holding back among some other concerns. Uh, small businesses hiring. Um, can you see any 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 changes made to that unemployment compensation? Do you think it'll it'll it could be stopped before September to give small businesses a chance or? Um, even when I spoke to Congressman Burchett, he said that he was he was talking about potentially uh, letting people take jobs even while they have unemployment. There'll just be another stimulus, but at least it gets them back to the workforce. What do you think we can do to solve that problem? I mean, my perspective, is, and it was very obvious. I, I remember the debate that was going on in the U.S. Senate. Um, you know, as as Senator Durbin kind of stood there and said, "Oh, it's going to put a few more bucks in everyone's pockets," and and Senator Sass was still making the case that, well, wait a minute, if we're paying people more than what they're earning right now, they're not going to go back to work. And 
and he even offered the amendment, if I remember correctly, in the U.S. Senate, and and it was and it failed. But uh, you know that makes it even kind of more tragic. I think that we find ourselves in a position of trying to unwind something that uh, you know was a big part of probably the, the success we had during during the pandemic, and that was to make sure that certain people were uh, had that safety net. Uh, but you know, as we move forward now, what I'm seeing is, and I remember this as a as a member of the Wisconsin State Senate, you know, unemployment is an insurance program, and employers pay into it, and and we had a deficit in Wisconsin for a long time, uh, going back to 08, 09, and people were at 99 weeks unemployment, and uh, it started to really uh, create kind of this red ink. Uh, so we had to go back and revisit it, and we had a bipartisan kind of group that pulled that together. I think we're kind of in the same spot. We're on the cusp of the states worried that, in the governors of the states and the legislatures of the states, saying, you know, DC is not acting quick enough to reverse this trend, hmm. so we're going to have to do this on our own. And so you're you're starting to see the pushback from the governors right now who understand because they've got this direct relationship with the employers in their state. And, and if, uh, and if anybody, you know, can kind of make the case, it's, it's going to be the big guys who say, you know, Hey, listen, if we're suffering kind of through a labor shortage, we can't imagine what small business is experiencing right now. And it, and it is happening. So we can't be, you can't lollygag through this. You've got to be nimble and quick and try and reverse this. And, and if we don't in DC, I think the states will take action. So what happens, I don't know where, what, where Wisconsin stands on this from a state, you know, from a state level, but um, you know, let's say you go back in time and you are running your printing business um, and you're in the state and, and you have this labor problem of finding people. I'm kind of curious only because you've got Congressman some experience here. What, what do you say to your constituents that are small business owners? Like, you know, do you, do you offer any suggestions? Do you have any suggestions for them uh, for, for finding people nowadays or any programs that could be available for them? Yeah, I mean, in our state, um, the Department of Workforce Development, they have strategies. And uh, in, in sometimes it's, and in, in right now, to be honest with you, a lot of those strategies are based on uh, a middle to uh, – or even greater size corporation that's involved in layoffs. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to even imagine that at this point, but you know, there was a time when you'd hear that a corporation was, you know, moving to Texas or moving to Florida or something. And, and we would kind of, the governor of the state and the legislature would scramble to say, Hey, you know, department of workforce development, we've got the greatest employees in the world in Wisconsin. And here's some other incentives we can do. So, I mean, we're kind of used to, I think state government is very used to kind of that mad scramble. But, you know, the situation is kind of reversed right now. But there are, there are programs in place at the state level and the local level to kind of bolster training, work directly on curriculum with the tech colleges, uh, which we also ask to be very nimble. I mean, that's why there's this big shift and movement and push to get away from four-year universities and and start to work with the tech college system again, because if you need if you need a dozen stainless steel welders, you know, you go to the local tech college and you say, hey, listen, 
and a lot of these employers will do this. They'll say, not only will we help you develop the curriculum to create these welders, but we'll pay. We'll pay for you to 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 train them. Right. And and that that is the best of best situations you can find yourself in. And and the states and and local local uh, I'd say you know some of them are are uh, they're basically small corporations that have been created by these municipalities to deal with economic development. Um, so EDC corporations and they and they react to this stuff and they do a really good job in in helping and assisting create people that can be trained to to do some of these jobs and people are going to have to move around. I mean it's going to be that type of economy. I don't think uh, people can lock in on something they've done forever, but but they're kind of in the driver's seat, and we'll see how long that situation lasts. Yeah, I'm hoping this labor disruption starts to resolve itself by the end of the summer, just like supply chain stuff, um, you know, and, and what's well, right. Um, other questions. So, again, we're putting, I'm putting on my accounting hat here, and I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on just some other issues that are working their way through Congress that, that, that do affect uh, small businesses. Let me start with uh, the president's proposed infrastructure bill. Um, there's a lot of it that's not infrastructure related, so I get that. <laughs> I get that. But, um, I, you know, when I hear the government spending on infrastructure, I do think opportunities for small businesses in the construction industry and related industries. So, you know, what are your thoughts on, on a proposed infrastructure bill this year? Well, you know, the states were under and still are under a great amount of pressure to improve roadways and bridges and ports and and airports and air you know to put a to put quite honestly there's a lot of small airports right now that are in great need of of repair yeah and it and the states have struggled to generate the revenue needed to take care of these we keep falling behind and in a state like mine where we had a republican controlled legislature for many years there was even this uh there was a difficulty to get the political willingness to go along with some type of revenue increase to to actually attack some of these major infrastructure projects so i think there's a space out there where congress could actually if we're going to do something then let's do something that actually will have a direct impact on those projects and you might find that that it could become bipartisan. I mean, a lot of people are kind of writing that off right now, but there is a a need there. I think I don't. You'd have to be blind as as a lawmaker not to understand that. Right. And if there is some way of of getting a bill through that can address that, that's great. If you want to unwind that, the way to do that is by putting things unrelated to what we all consider infrastructure and have for the last, you know. 200 years uh and, and that's another place that you know that that whole entire package could go and and then you're going to see a very partisan vote and and then it'll be questionable as to what actually is addressed and and is there enough revenue uh to kind of deal with some of these some of these things that have fallen in, into disrepair one of the things that you bring to your job is uh, the fact that you are so new to the job. So there is a little, you know, that, that being a little bit idealistic is not a bad thing at all. Uh, and I'm kind of curious if you, you know, you, you've been on the job for a few months and, and you're looking ahead, at least until the midterms, do you see, Congressman, any potential legislation, bipartisan support that, you know, that, that would impact, that would, that would benefit 
small businesses in this country in the next, say, year and a half? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that we've been um, that we've been looking at, I guess, and I, when I say we, I mean my own office, and we've been kicking around. The, the one thing that small business always lags behind is IT and having the ability to kind of keep up on that front. So anything that uh, small business can do, uh, and, and and we we were just talking about this actually today in one of the subcommittees, saying that. You know, one of the, the issues is um, anytime you've got technology and it's changing as quickly and as frequently as it is right now, you know, again, it's the mom pa shops that have a very difficult time keeping up with that. So, I, you know, government should never be in charge of making those types of purchases, but they could certainly assist so that the private sector makes things available for small business and small business has the ability to tap into them. That's the way I always viewed it. You know, we were joking earlier about the newspaper and printing industry, and <laughs> you know, I lived through desktop publishing. You know, right? Uh, we went from old serigraph machines, linotype on film, to you know, overnight, everyone had a Mac on their desk, and you know, it was the small guys that just got left in the dust there, and it had an impact on the industry. And I, I think, you know, if if you talk to uh, CNA or any of the any of the highly technical programs that are used in manufacturing, you know, these smaller shops, whether they're tool and die or, or something related to transportation or, or, uh, you know, any other type of light manufacturing, that their big challenge is trying to keep up with the technology changes. They are. And, and is what you're saying that you could see legislation that would provide funding to help small businesses to do this or training or a combination of those? Yeah, probably a combo. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what that would entail, but it's certainly something that's been identified, I think. And, and uh, you know, like I said, if there's a, a lot of times, too, it transcends. I go back to, you know, even, even the high schools throughout Wisconsin, you know, if you can develop a, a, a working cooperative relationship with a manufacturer, you know, I know a lot of people have have uh, clamored for this in the last couple of decades that there should be more of a relationship between our educational institutions and and kind of the businesses that occupy that state. I, I think, you know, those are those are great things, common goals, and, and it puts everybody kind of on the same page moving forward. And, and technology is, is one of those things that small business, I think, struggles with. Yeah, it's amazing. You're you're 100 right. It is amazing how many businesses themselves are still running themselves like it's the 1980s. Um, I mean, we have we had an HVAC guy come by my place recently and did the work, and you know we got a paper invoice, you know, mailed to us two weeks later. Um, and that, you know, obviously if it was a larger company, yeah. all that payment gets done mobile. You know, they just don't seem to. Yeah, that's have right. Resources to do that. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. No, it's it's. Um... And right now, during the pandemic, it's probably, like I said, underscored even more some of these issues. So, yep. yeah. All right, a couple more questions, and I'll let you go for start. Um, one, one, one quick one. I, I, you know, the president has been talking recently about, uh, you know, help with people taking long-term time off, uh, expanding the Family and Medical Leave Act um, so that it gets it gets paid by the government. Uh, obviously, there is the big question is how that's going to get paid for and what, you know, additions that's going to make to a deficit. But, you know, I, I got to ask you, Congressman, again, as a former small business owner, um, doesn't that 
Does an extension of the Family Medical Leave Act so that if your employees in your prior printing business could leave and get paid by the government, still had their jobs there, doesn't that ultimately like help you as a business owner? Is that something that you would oppose? You know, I mean, my my experience with um, family medical leave and and any other type of you know direct impact on small business. What I've found is that state legislatures do this, and I would think Congress would do it as well. They always find kind of this spot where they believe small business starts and then. Uh, you know, middle to large corporations begins. Right. And they always carve out the small guy. And, and you know, it's probably not, it's not fair necessarily to everybody. And it certainly isn't something that, you know, looks really good. Sometimes it's kind of very ugly how how lawmakers arrive at those decisions. But, but the, the point is, they know kind of what's going on on the street. They know where the rubber hits the road. And it's, you cannot put a ton of pressure on a small operation and expect it to continue to function. So, you know, anything along those lines, I think would, uh, you know, all those factors would be taken into account and, and would probably be tweaked uh, accordingly. You know, what that would be, it's hard to say, but, you know, I, I understand a lot of other people understand that, so. Congressman Scott Fitzgerald, a Republican from Wisconsin, has joined me. Thank you very much, Congressman. That was a great conversation. Uh, for more information and advice on running your business, please join us at paychecks.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. My name is Gene Marks, and we'll be back shortly with another great podcast talking with people that impact your business. Looking forward to it. See you then. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2021. All rights reserved.